The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? engagement? How long before yeah. a wedding should I send How out many save games the dates? Are in the first series Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast and I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, we'll share the news, knowledge, and strategies you need to navigate the ever-changing world of SEO. Ready to expedite your company's organic growth efforts? Sit back, relax, and get ready for your daily dose of search engine optimization wisdom. Here's today's host of the Voices of Search podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Hey, my name is Tyson Stockton from Previsible.io, and in this episode, we're going to be talking about enterprise SEO by industry. Joining me today is Ryan Bacorn, who's the Principal Product Manager of SEO at Realtor.com. Realtor.com is a trusted resource for home buyers, sellers, and dreamers, offering the most comprehensive source for sale properties among competing national sites. Realtor.com offers the information, tools, and professional expertise to help people move confidently through every step of their home buying journey. So yesterday, Ryle and I were talking about Core Web Vitals and performance. And today we're going to shift gears and we're going to talk a little broadly about enterprise SEO and some of the, the nuances and differences that can exist in different industry types. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not, because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings, and AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. And with that, here's my conversation with Rylan, Principal Product Manager of SEO at Realtor.com. Rylan, welcome back. Thanks so much for having me, Tyson. Excellent. So this is a topic, I mean, kind of pulling peek behind the curtain. I actually was uh, kind of knocking on your door and wanted to get your input on. We've known each other for a while. You've had a great experience working on the enterprise side of SEO at a few different companies and industries. And with that, 
I wanted to have this conversation to talk just about some of the differences through your experience and just kind of how that changes strategy, internal tactics, implementation tactics, whatever. So maybe just to kind of set the stage a little bit, if you could share for some of the listeners a few of kind of the the industries that you've had experience in within enterprise. Absolutely. Yeah, so been doing SEO for quite some time. I uh, started off in 2008, worked for various companies, internet marketing firm in uh, Ithaca, New York. I, I worked for Paleontology Research Center once. That was fun. Uh, I worked for a credit card processing reseller. Very, very competitive space. Been to a conference before where people have talked about credit card processing being the most competitive query to rank for. But I think things got really more technical and in-depth when I started working for Spin Media. And I worked on all sorts of sites. I worked for Spin when it was still printing its magazine. I think they shuttered it. Their final print, the month that I started, Vibe, Idolator, even some of the Kardashian websites when they were run by them. So I've been working in that space for publishing for quite some time. After that, I went to Yahoo for several years. I worked on a number of wonderful products that uh, I've gone to internet heaven, we'll say. OMG, Shine, Yahoo Answers. Uh, actually, they deprecated Yahoo Answers on my birthday last year. That was fun. Yeah, birthday. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the mainstays, news, sports, finance, I really miss a lot of uh, those people. I had a lot of fun working with them, but that you know, still was publishing largely. I think they called them magazines for a while there. And then for a while, I worked in streaming. I was at Hulu for two, almost two and a half years. And I worked in the subscriber acquisition team. So definitely a change of pace there. And then today, I'm working at Realtor.com, which of course is a real estate site, number two on the web, I'm told, according to third-party non-biased sources. So yeah, I've, I've been around and I've, I've, seen a few, I've seen a few things. And you know, I think one of the biggest things that I've learned in hopping around industries is that the most important thing, but still the differentiator, is what are the business KPIs? You were talking on a previous podcast about reading the earnings statement of companies. And that's a great way to align yourself with really important metrics. That's exactly what I think a good SEO should be doing. And that does change from industry to industry. And within those, like, obviously, we have a variety of differences. But I think especially in the real estate market, within video streaming and some kind of varieties, and in some of those other industries, we have large websites, but like the target competition zones are going to be very quite a bit. And like the type of query, keywords that you're going to be targeting within real estate, obviously have a completely different profile than video streaming or in some of the like, you know, media publishing on some of those other ones. How are there other elements that you take into consideration on an SEO strategy besides kind of the components of, well, what is the business working towards? Like from a SEO landscape in that regard. And not to lead too much in this, but it's like I had an interesting conversation with uh, one of my friends who's in the finance space and he used to work a lot in like e-commerce. And he said it was like a huge shift for him because there's only so many 
query types that he could go after in comparison to e-commerce where you have a ton of long tail stuff. And so it's SRPs, those type of pages. Are there other elements that you've seen are big kind of swings that change strategy or perspective on SEO through those industries? Yeah, the query landscape is is vastly different in all those industries. And I think one of the defining features is like, what's the search intent of those users? Or what's your best guess at what the search intent is? There's a lot of tools that can help us identify what the intent is. And not all of them get them right, but uh, people looking for informational queries, for instance, on who is the lead character in The Handmaid's Tale. People want to know. People want to get the answer to that, but it doesn't necessarily drive business for the streaming service that provides that show versus watch Handmaid's Tale. And that's a query that leads into action. It's a transactional query, arguably. And if users have that intent and we provide them with an experience that allows them to sign up for a free trial, then we're going to get that type of conversion. And that is what matters most of the business versus in other industries where there's there's one year, Q4, where we had just this big battle of celebrity deaths. And SEO can sometimes be a grisly business, but ensuring that you have you know, a great piece on the legacy of a celebrity around the time of their passing is really critical to earn that initial spike in traffic that does go away very quickly. And the quicker you are to the search, play, search marketplace, the sooner you'll start earning those impressions, the ad impressions that drive the revenue that pays your paycheck. So I think in those last two examples, it was a lot more stable going for queries that drive that intent of signing up for a service as opposed to whatever the news cycle is. The tools were a lot different. There was a great tool that I used when I was at Yahoo that helped you identify trends. And it even told you when like those trends were starting to fade away, indicating that maybe it's not even worth going after it. But tools like that were really helpful in working with editorial teams to drive that performance versus a streaming service. You work with the team responsible for getting users signed up. And so the user intent for that product is totally different, but it stays pretty constant with the exception of, say, some of the promotions that you might do. So the query landscape is, is a lot different for each industry. And yeah, having a good set of queries that you're targeting is obviously very important to your SEO strategy. It's a lot easier if you have a more consistent list. It's a lot easier to track over time. It's much more difficult to track a person's... We'll use the example of a, a, per, a celebrity buying a house, I think, to bring it up to speed in my current space. Um, that, you know, Those things are a little bit more fleeting. I mean, it's a, it's a great point too, especially... Personally, I find it a lot easier having like almost like set parameters or constraints that then I'm like, okay, I can maximize within this. And so for me, whether it's e-commerce or the video streaming, it's you have the inventory of the business and that's been going to limit the type of products that you're competing on or queries for products, queries for related to shows, whatever, where that news media is always a little, I feel like challenging in that sense, because a lot of our SEO data is rear view mirror, where it's looking at historical search volume, 
certs from the past or whenever it was collected. And that identification of new and emerging topics, I think, has been a consistent kind of kind of nebulous area that it's like uh, it kind of stretches us a little in our comfort zones where, I mean, personally, it's like, yeah, give me the constraints, give me my boundaries, and then I'll use the creativity within those boundaries versus the complete blank slate. It could also be really exciting, though. It was a lot of fun to go after these things and uh, to leverage my either established or needing some work relationships with the editors and content creators responsible for developing content as trends trends emerge. But I think this raises a really interesting point, which is 15% of all the queries every day, so we're told, are brand new queries on Google. And so working within a strictly defined framework of keywords, it's certainly easier to track over time. But it's also important to note that it's not a complete picture of what's happening. And so Google Search Console does a good job of highlighting queries. You can query it, you can query the API and get all the keywords and find out the new things that are coming in and the things that are going away. We do have, do have some of those things happening today, more related to like news things, particularly around the rate changes that have been happening of late. But it's also kind of a renewed opportunity to update your strategy. And then for me, I think that added stress also was a great opportunity to grow and expand. Like, What are ways that we can creatively approach these things, try to track them in real time? I remember when I joined Yahoo, one of the first things that I did was request a, a television on the wall to highlight the trends that were current. And that was something that... Uh, I used as a, a talking point for people walking by of like, what is this? And I tried to, you know, get them to subscribe to like, it's really useful. We should talk and be friends. And if you use this, you can create content that's trending and, and earn traffic from Google News, etc. Fair. Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Now, let's kind of change gears a little bit more because obviously we have the differences from who you're competing against within industries, some of the nuances of like 
query profile and target profile of what we're going after. But I feel like there's also these differences from where SEO sits within an org or where strategy being derived from. And we kind of have this almost battle within SEO of product and marketing. What's your experience kind of with both of those from a strategic standpoint across these different industries? Yeah, so I've been in both. I've been in marketing orgs. I've been in product orgs. I switched from marketing to product orgs uh, when I was at Yahoo. And for me, I found that a lot of the work, the most scalable work that has an impact on SEO tends to happen with working with product work streams and getting that code pushed out to to have a large impact. There was a product that I actually did get shipped when I was at Yahoo that, of course, has been deprecated. But that was a you know my my big crowning achievement there. At least that's what it felt like to me. But that required a lot of work with product work streams that I had zero ownership over. Product managers, you know, they don't really control anything. They just control a work stream, and you know, hopefully they get enough capacity to execute against those strategies. And then working with the engineers to you know detail what the things are that should be rendered, where some of the data is to get those things out. And, and published into the product. And so for me, that's always been the most fun in at least attempting to geek out with engineers. Some engineers like SEOs, but there's a lot of memes about... <laughs> I saw a meme recently of like the two of the guys from the most recent Star Trek of, um, hey, are you guys friends? And like the one engineer is like, no. And the SEO is like, yeah, yeah, we're totally friends. <laughs> so like that's one, that's one of the biggest things that I try to do whenever I work for a company is I try to, to establish a good relationship with our engineers who are pushing the code. But on the flip side, you know, if you're in marketing, you really do have a larger, you have greater access to what is really happening from the campaign aspect of the organization. I mean, you're plugged right into it. When I was at Hulu, I was on the... Uh, the media team that was responsible for that uh, customer acquisition. And they had all these really cool campaigns that they were working on. So there was a lot of support in generating campaign landing pages that were helpful. And uh, one of the projects that I worked on was uh, developing a portion of the blog. And you know, I wasn't responsible for the writing, but I was responsible for ushering the topics to the content creators and then getting approval from seemingly everybody in the company. <laughs> and then actually getting it launched and then measuring it and then bringing it to executives so that they would continue to work on that. I'm pretty sure that project is still going. But developing content, you know, content marketing is a really important strategy for the business. And there's undeniably very important aspects to content marketing that require SEO, whether it's going after things that are just evergreen topics that aren't going away, like how do I reset my password, for instance? versus these are the best shows to watch during Halloween. That was always a, a big uh, push for the seasonal stuff when, when I was at Hulu. So developing content while you're in marketing, I think there's fewer barriers to doing that because you're typically working with peers versus when you're in marketing, you have less access to the product org. You really have to muscle your way into it, develop good relationships, and then hopefully get those initiatives prioritized. And I think one of the better tactics, and this is true for anywhere you go, is if you have a conversation with finance to establish like how valuable or estimated value of X amount of additional users or additive users might be, it's a really great way to get your work prioritized. 
But on the flip side, you know, being in a product org really allows you to, one, you, you have a work stream that you should be maintaining and you have access to all of your peers working on features. You know, you had a, a previous a guest who talked about, you know, SEOs tend to piggyback off of initiatives. And, you know, this is where a lot of the work actually happens. Find the initiatives that are planned for, for launch and you figure out how to, to tie on the SEO components. But being in product also gives you access to leadership in the product org to make the case for resources to execute against your strategy very specifically. And that's where I think there's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot more fulfilling, I'd say. But my background in technical SEO, I think, has led me to this space, whereas there still is a good debate on where SEO really should go. And I think it's a classic SEO answer of it depends on the industry that you're in. So you know, if you're in publishing and all of your team is in marketing that's doing content creation, probably should be in marketing really close to those people developing that content on a daily or weekly basis. But if you're developing products that are at a huge scale, it's probably important that you are really close to the product org if you aren't in the product org, actually. Absolutely. And I, I feel like, too, another component sometimes is like stage of business. And we framed this conversation in the enterprise space. And I think that's oftentimes where you do see more of SEO fitting on the product side of the org. Obviously, there's kind of the, the publishers that flips the coin the other way. But I almost feel like, at least in like the high-growth startups and those younger companies, it feels like there's little more, it swings more in the marketing side because it's not a multi-million page website more than likely. So it's a small website, a lot of content focus. And again, that's typically where you're going to have your writing resources, a little more budget at those stages. But the scalability and product, I think, is absolutely one. and regardless where you sit at the enterprise level, you're going to have to have that skill set to be able to work with product and engineering team that you described. And at least for SEOs, again, bringing it around, at least we have a little more constraints of typical structured sprint cycles, more kind of clarity around what the business case requirements are. So at least in the comfort zone of having those constraints that go with it. Any other lasting kind of points that you'd want to call out between industries? Well, we talked a little bit about the differences, but there certainly are a lot of similarities. And you know, one of the things that I heard on a previous podcast was that you know, if you're highlighting opportunities to leadership, it's a great way to get buy-in. That's true no matter where you sit. And then another component that I've seen all throughout my career is testing and experimentation is really, really critical not just from the SEO standpoint, but from an overall business standpoint, whatever your metrics are, whatever part of the business you're working on. But having the data to demonstrate that something is either working or disprove it, which you need to be open to, is extremely helpful in choosing the correct strategy. And doing something at scale requires having a, a better understanding of a higher degree of confidence of knowing that something will work as opposed to trying it, see what happens, and then you know just continue to repeat that. So those are similarities that I've seen that are really important. Those are, if you're not in testing, become friends with those people. They really want to help you. And they probably have a framework in place that can help you get some of those tests out. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I don't think there'll ever be a, 
I don't think the debate will ever be settled on where exactly you should position SEO. One thing that does remain constant, though, is that SEOs usually are pretty close to the accessibility people if those people are in your company. And I love the overlap of uh, a lot of the accessibility components in SEO. And uh, supporting each other there is also a great component no matter where you go in the industry. The often forgotten friends of SEO accessibility, um, <laughs> which is, I'm, I didn't even really make that connection, but thinking back across different companies and businesses that I've worked with in the past, it's spot on. And typically good allies, good friends to have, and also share a little bit of that nebulous space of where do they fit in, which I guess the world that, that we find ourselves in. All right. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Voice of Search podcast. Thank you to Rylan for joining us. Rylan's the principal product manager of SEO at Realtor.com. If you would like to learn more about Rylan, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in the show notes. Or you can contact him on Twitter where his handle is at RyeBacorn or visit his company's website at Realtor.com. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T.